I'm Tegan. I'm Megan. And this is The Office Hours, the podcast where two literature professors analyze the great American story. Hey, Megan, how you doing? Hey, Tegan. I am feeling reflective on season three. I'm thinking about our Dundee data, which is where we're going today. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of look back and... I don't know, discover whatever I said, because I don't remember uh, at all which Dundies I gave, to whom, what the categories were. This is going to be an interesting yeah. experience for me. Yeah, it has been. So So today we're looking back over all the Dundies that we've given out over season three and 25 episodes. This thing has been unfold or 24. This thing has been unfolding over quite a long time. And um yeah, I guess we'll kind of see as we look at it, what do the numbers reveal? You know, we leave the, the season, I think, with certain impressions like of MVPs and what episodes we liked and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, the numbers, the numbers may reveal something different. We will see. Ooh, yeah. So this is interesting. We're humanists. We focus usually on close reading, you know, uh, as listeners know, an intense attention to small details. But now we're like uh, we're doing digital humanities. We're looking at big scale data and patterns. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe we could, get a, we could get a grant for this. I think. <laughs> yeah, this is the big data installment. I actually am considering putting some visuals to this on our audio podcast yeah. form. But I thought, for example, what if I were to make some bar graphs that compare, say, season two to season three? That would be interesting to see. I haven't done that, but we can all have goals. Could there be a pie chart? I love a pie chart. <laughs> I'll have to think about Do you have a favorite chart? Oh, that's a great question favorite way of visualizing data <laughs> you know for me i think it might be the bar graph <laughs> i like a bar i get it i get it i also like the one um no i'm i'm, I'm committing yeah i like i like the bar graph a lot <laughs> um, well i'll just say uh we don't have any mail but if anybody wants to email us you can at the best office hours podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh this is probably our last annex episode. Is that right, Megan? I think so. Unless we come up with something else we want to annex for season three. But um, on that note, as you're sharing our, our email, I'll say if there are any social scientists out there who want to come in, take a look at this data, maybe code it, kind of put some different analytical categories to it. I think I think that they might be able to take it in some interesting directions. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Reach out to us. Um, so should we dive in? Let's dive in. And I want to start with one striking item in comparison. So I have, you don't have all of this information, but I have the statistics from this season compared to our last Dundee Data episode. And in that one, we combined seasons one and two. But let me tell you the biggest transformation that has happened. Michael has experienced radical growth in the Dundies. <laughs> he has climbed. So part of what I did, I basically laid out, we've got who we gave Dundies for every one of the episodes. And then I've just tallied up 
who got how many awards. For both of us, and this includes you, my friend, Michael is the clear number one. I have given, well, let me start with you. You have given, not 12, sorry. Okay, back it up. You have given seven Dundies to Michael this season, and I have given 12. 12! (laughs) (laughs) Last... Out of how many episodes? 24 episodes. Interesting. 24 episodes, but we don't have exactly good proportions to give because sometimes we give more than one Dundee. Right. So there are certain things we maybe should take into consideration. You know, should we only be doing one Dundee so that we can see kind of clear proportions because the other problem is that we don't follow the same numbers so occasionally i'll give one and you'll give three right right give two and you'll give one or whatever we don't have real hard rules on that so we can't uh it's it's not exactly then out of a particular limited number but yeah it was really high for seasons one and two combined which had a total of 28 episodes between the two of them I gave Michael four and you gave Michael four. (laughs) Do you have a philosophy of what happened that Michael has pulled so far ahead? I'll just, well, first, let me just say that's, that's an incredible shit out of 28 episodes to go from four to 12 to seven, you know, or seven in my case, uh, he's averaging like 30% of the episodes in season two for you 50% basically um yeah, that's right that's good cuz he is even though he doesn't get a full 50% of the awards because i gave out more than one you're right in 50% of the episodes he is at least one of the winners i will say i have two theories i'll be curious for yours theory number 1 is that in this season michael is like less of a douchebag mm-hmm. and so has actual moments of growth and i think we we tend to be a little sentimental in our dundies and like we haven't gone soup we haven't really bent the rules too much we we aren't rewarding super bad behavior um and so that's one theory i have but the other is that i suspect given your um genuine uh you know romantic orientation to michael scott um (laughs) I think that you would have given him way more in season one, but you were trying to play it cool. Okay. okay. So it's it's notable that you matched my number precisely, whereas unrestrained in season two, you have (laughs) essentially tripled that number. (laughs) So what's your theory? Yes, once I was set free. (laughs) I'm wondering if once... I just decided I'm not going to try to be fair here. I'm not going to try to distribute out my Dundies and I'm not going to try to play it cool with my love of Michael. I'm just going to love Michael and award him as I see appropriate. I wonder if I also ran into kind of, what would this be? Some confirmation bias maybe where I'm like, I'm already going and expecting that it's going to be Michael. And so I just kind of look more for Michael than I maybe should. Mm. I think there might be some problems for me in this rate of Michael selection is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you, you own it. I mean, honestly, it's sometimes it feel it felt to me this season a little bit like I was trying hard not to pick Michael just because 
I didn't want, you know, it, it wanted to change it up and keep it interesting for me, you know, a bit. And, uh, but I mean, just even based on our, our idea of the Dundee being somewhat tied to who's narratively crucial, he's, he's just at the, co- I mean, he is the show, which is going to be so interesting when yeah. he leaves the show. Like how does the show survive if at all without, yeah. um, yeah. Well, so that's the Michael of it all. I'm curious if you notice any other data trends uh, so far. Well, let me talk about a point, a strong point of contrast between us. And that Indeed. is our evaluation of Dwight. Oh, I see this coming. <laughs> yeah, for me, Dwight received one Dundee. That is one twelfth of the awards that Michael got. <laughs> for you, Dwight got five. So he's only two behind Michael. Oh, on the list you sent me, it says six. Uh, oh, that is an error. <laughs> it's wrong? Okay, all right. So only five. I thought it would be even more. Um, all right. Only five. I first did it by hand, then I entered things in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so actually it's only five for you and Dwight. Oh, I'm sad. I should have picked him more. Um, but yeah, that's a real point of contrast. I'm trying to find the one that you gave him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amazing Race, Jim and Dwight. Is that Was that your Dwight? <laughs> that was. That oh, was wow. my one for Dwight, the amazing race. So actually, really, Dwight only got a half of an award yeah. in that same episode. So that was in the traveling salesman episode. And so it was for when Jim and Dwight partnered up. And I stand by that award. It was a great award. But during that episode, I actually had written down, I had my chosen Dundee before I declared the Dundies was going to be for Dwight. And it was called the Man of Honor Award. But I decided against him during our discussion. And then you gave out the Man of Honor Award to Dwight. And we had not even um, discussed that ahead of time. So we had the potential for a perfect overlap, not only the same winner, but the exact same award. But I moved away from that. So I think in my season, it turns out Dwight is the real loser if we're going based on the implications of the Dundies. Wow. Do you have a theory why he sucks so hard for you? What is it? Well, now that I say that, I realize an error in my my count. I did give Dwight one of his own full awards. That was the springing into action award in the back from vacation episode when he helps Michael. Okay. So I guess here's my, (laughs) here's my theory. I think I think I occasionally will give Dwight an award when he's in a really strong support position for somebody else. Mm. So his team up with Jim and then, you know, he's kind of getting the half, but this one with Michael springing into action. So this is when Michael has come back from vacation and he has accidentally circulated that picture of topless Jan at sandals and Dwight just, as my award says, springs into action to help him and I thought he was very noble. But aside from that, I don't know, Dwight, I enjoy Dwight, but he just never quite separates himself from the crowd. It's interesting just looking at the trends here. Um, once you get past that, our rankings are very similar in some respects, Ooh, except one major one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for listeners who don't have this data in front, uh, we both had Jim 
<laughs> we haven't published this study. <laughs> yeah, we haven't published the study yet, but uh, it's under peer review. But we only have one. Each of us have one for Jim. And our Pam is almost exact. I have six and you have seven. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting to me, like that we're so al- we're so different on Dwight and Michael, but very aligned on Jim and Pam. And we really tipped it towards Pam this time. Yeah, totally. Another interesting thing about Pam compared to our combined awards from seasons one and two, she also is the other character aside from Michael, though maybe uh, no, not in percentages. She's second to Michael in terms of the growth mm. that she's demonstrated in the Dundies that she took home. So for me, seasons one and two, she had a total of basically one or you could argue two. The way I calculated it the first time, and I have not been entirely consistent, but that time I was giving people half points for honorable mentions. I just didn't factor. I listed but didn't factor in the honorable mentions this time. So for me, Pam really had just one full Dundee in seasons one to two. And for you, she had four. In seasons three, for me, she now has seven. And for you, she has six. So she showed a lot of growth. She also got awards that were related to that growth, I think. Um, So I gave her one for character development. You gave her the Burning Hot Courage Award. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. I gave her a non-flirtatious flirting award, a courageous art award. Let's see. I gave her a solid. We have her paired up with Karen sometimes, like the Compromise Award. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's showing up. She's really showing up in this season. Um, how many did she get last time? From you, four. And you? And from me, one plus two honorable mentions. Oh, really? It's re- she's really a skyrocket. I mean, well, wait, what about Jim? That's what I meant. I'm sorry. What was Jim? Mm, good question. Jim last season for me was two, and for you was three. So okay. he's actually on a downward. A downward trend with um, one of us. It's kind of amusing just because he's yeah, like last season, season one and t- what? Oh, we're in season three. Season one and two were very much like Jim's feelings, right? And now we're in Pam's feelings, and but the Dundies don't fully like reflect that imbalance uh precisely. You know what though? I think this flip, because we were stronger on Pam or on I'm sorry, on Jim in seasons one and two, and now we're stronger on Pam. I think it goes to our um, attraction to insecurity and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess last time you had one more for Pam than for Jim, but he he has dropped from three to two for you. I'm sorry, from three to one. We have Toby uh, at three for me, one for you. I, in some ways, thought that Toby would be getting like 10 from me, but he really didn't shine that much this season did he isn't that the the thing that's interesting is how i kind of wonder about how this experience works so for me a character i really profoundly love michael i've ended up giving a lot of awards to but what are the cases where there's a character who you can really profoundly love but who does not receive a lot of awards and it feels like toby is exemplary of that for you mm-hmm. where he really is your special character but, I mean, maybe it shows that you're you really are showing great restraint and being objective and evaluating his performance and his role and his significance in the narrative. And 
saying, you know, Toby, I, I love you, but I can't show favoritism to you in this very objective, very serious competition. Yeah. Yeah. I think my objectivity is just uh, <laughs> so precious to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I like that reading of this. <laughs> it's a real strength. Toby, I will say in seasons one and two, got two from me and two from you. So he's he's on trend. Uh, let's see. I gave him just scrolling through the HR award and I gave him office protocol award. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you found that he functioned really well in his role. Like he really is cut out for HR. Yeah. And he got the best arcade player award. Um, That's true. That's true. Another technical skill. Yeah. Yep. Toby's really, Toby's really strong on certain kinds of, well, some, they're inter, some of them are inter, have been interpersonal. Um, I gave him the perceptive person award and that was in the negotiation when he really is, I think, understanding some of Michael's feelings. Yeah. I was a little surprised that he got one from me, but he did. I'm surprised. Well, I'm not actually, it's not very surprising me that Oscar only got one from me and two from you. He's just kind of absent this season. I, I've been meaning to look up whether the actor had to had another commitment or show, but I just, I missed Oscar and I feel like the rankings reflect it. He came in hot. He got a dundee for both of us from number one. I gave him the gay patience award. Um, and I feel like I gave him one other one, right? Or you did. Um, I also gave him a gay patience award. That's Here's right. I found there were a couple of awards that you gave where I then in a later week would just steal the title of that award. Oh my God. That's awesome. After, it went to the same person. And that was several weeks later. That was 13 episodes later. Um, he got the <laughs> from me. So I didn't even notice that. That's amazing. <laughs> the other one, let's see what the other, um, Oscar was. Yeah. Cause I think you had one Oscar and I think I had, Oh yeah, two Oscar because I had him. I don't think I actually gave it a title, but for the first episode, Gay Witch Hunt, and then for the return, the day when he comes back. But yeah, he really he's gone for a big, big chunk of episodes, and then it's a little awkward with his mean comment about Pam, you know, that he makes when he and Gil go and um, see her art show. Oh right, but I really blame Gil there. I don't know. I blame Gil for that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gil did show up. Um, you gave Gil an award last oh. <laughs> time, but not this time, not in season three. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Gil has fallen in your estimation substantially. The yeah. award where I thought... What, Go, ahead, Go ahead. I was just going to say the other award where I stole the title of, of your award was the Emotional Magnificence Award. Yeah. I gave that in episode 24, The Job Part 1, to Pam and Karen. And in 24, the job part two, I gave it exclusively to Pam. <laughs> I'm noticing, uh, it, you know, it, I do feel like there is a nice spread across the characters, although I didn't really, I haven't tracked which characters. Are there any characters not listed here that also didn't get Dundies? But um, I'm trying to look to see if, like, you gave Daryl one, I gave Daryl none. Mm -hmm. I gave Angela one, you gave Angela none. Mm -hmm. I got one from you. Kevin got zero from me. Andy got one for you. Andy zero for me. Carol got one for me. Zero for you. There. Anyway, it's interesting. Rachel and Elizabeth each got one from me and zero from you. Am I not 
Am I recalling correctly that Elizabeth is your nemesis? Like, didn't you hate her? Isn't she the one who... No, no, you're thinking of Hannah. Um, Anna, that's right. Anna. The funny Who's thing Elizabeth? is, do you know from uh, Par- uh, Parks and Rec, there's a character named Shauna Malway Tweep? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I always think of her when we talk about Hannah, and I want to say Hannah Malway Tweep, but it's not that. <laughs> I forget her name every single time. Um, Hannah Smote Ridge Bar, that's what it is. <laughs> it's like it's another hyphenated name. Um, no, I hate Hannah. I love Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the exotic dancer. Yes, of course. <laughs> and who's Rachel? Uh, David Wallace's wife. Oh, of course, David Wallace's. I'm, yes. I'm like, Okay. You gave that award for her hospitality. Yeah, I stand by that, actually. I'm glad for the reminder of it. Um, <laughs> when what was my Carol award for? Uh, letting him down easy. Letting him down easy. Yeah, I stand by that. I stand by that. She, she broke up with Michael in a really kind and supportive way. One thing I think we can see here as we look at the full distribution, you are a more equitable distributor of awards found because my concentration on Michael and Pam were so high. I had 12 for Michael and seven for Pam. The, after that, there were people only who had two. Two was the maximum after that. Um, so you distributed it more. You also gave more to characters with smaller roles, um, including Carol. You gave two to David Wallace. I did not give any to David Wallace, and I am shocked. That is shocking. That. Isn't that shocking? Yeah, because of your love for him. I got he yeah. got corporate daddy from me. <laughs> yeah, uh, he did. Which really undercuts any of my uh Marxist uh whatever. And the shooting hoops award. What are we doing? That was Who a real was? masculine award for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel was what's happening. <laughs> but Dave, he deserves he deserves an award. At least at some point in this season, that man deserves a dundee. And I, I failed him, I think. What about, um, let's see, I feel that I failed Kevin and Stanley. Or no, I gave Stanley one you. I, I failed Kevin and Daryl, who got zero from me, but one from you. Talk yeah. through your Kevin and Daryl, maybe? Sure. Um, so Kevin got the karaoke award. That was in Benihana Christmas when they have the karaoke machine and he sings Alanis Morissette. Yeah. <laughs> And I really enjoyed that. Kevin, I would say, is definitely not someone who is typically my favorite. Like He's not typically one I find to be the funniest, but I thought it was extremely charming and extremely likable for him to sing that song. Daryl, for me, received an award for his safety training. He was the, I gave him the safety hero award for the safety training episode. Right. He really dealt with a lot. That's when Michael wants to get his hands on that Baylor and they're running the entire safety thing because Michael basically knocked Daryl off of a ladder. Um, so yeah, that was where, that was where he came in for me. I'm uh, let's see. I'm looking at mine. We've mentioned, yeah, my Carol, David, Rachel, Elizabeth, uh, a zero from Andy for me and a one for you. Where did Andy get one for you? Great question. I think Andy got one from me the very first day when he came to um, Scranton. It was the mil- it was the episode it was episode eight, the merger, and it was the military precision award. 
because that was the one where he had this really specific tactical plan about how he was going to come in and how he was going to build connections and make the boss like him, like with personality mirroring and repeating names and all of that stuff. And I just thought he had such a thought out strategy and plan of attack, but then he quickly just becomes intolerably annoying. Yeah. Uh... He really settles in at Scranton. But I do like I do like that. Uh, I find that part of that episode really funny. Mm-hmm. What's kind of shocking as an imbalance is that I gave Karen five Dundies and you gave her yeah. only one. But yeah. in getting five, she ties with Dwight. She <laughs> is nipping at the heels of Pam um, and arguably, you know, uh, Michael, who I gave seven. So that's oh, wow, a shocking, yeah. shocking, a shocking revelation. And. If I may just read it with a record, I guess I had her as a runner up for the coup. I had her as a compromise award in mm-hmm. part two, and she shared that award with Pam. Um, the sisters do it for themselves award, Phyllis and Karen for traveling salesmen. So again, a second time where she's partnered yeah. with somebody else for this win. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. The emotional magnificence award pam and garen again so she's it's a double like yeah she's been sharing it i don't know if i really gave her one on her own but um yeah i don't know thoughts on karen thought she was i think she was always a really strong contender for you and i always really like karen and i probably maybe like karen better than pam in some ways but in terms of award-winning rise to the top qualities i just didn't see them as frequently one thing that i was thinking about is whether over this season now that we get so many more regular characters through the stanford people coming in would that pull our dundies away from the scranton people and with karen it kind of did for you, but other than that, she was actually the only Stanford person who got an award from you. Mm-hmm. And for me, one went to Karen, one went to Andy, and two went to Martin, um, who was there for a short time. But I gave the first one, let's see, I gave him because he was kind of the one person who came yeah. from Stanford who I liked and who I found if he came into my office, he would not seem annoying. So he got the, um, oh gosh what was it it was something like reasonably good co-worker award yeah reasonably good co-worker award for martin nash um but so we didn't end up really pulling too many away from our main cast to go to the stanford people but i wonder if you were to redistribute your karens like if we had eliminated them from the running and we'd said we're really just doing the totally core cast and Kevin and I'm sorry, Andy and Karen do end up becoming part of the core. But if you had to redistribute your Karens, what do you think that this would do to the numbers? I think that Daryl deserved one from me. I, I don't know where he would have gotten it because I think I didn't love his characterization in, in the negotiation episode. And then the safety training episode was one of, you know, not, one of my favorites um and so but i feel like he deserves a dundee so he would get one and then kevin i'm just sort of shocked i didn't give him a dundee um 
because there are so many times he made me laugh. And so I feel like I would want to distribute there. Um, I still probably wouldn't give Andy one, um, but let's see. Yeah, I think that's about right. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of my redistribution of my awards, if I were to take them away from Stanford, it's a big problem that I gave zero to David and zero to Carol. Mm. Really, really strong and important, even though they're side characters, I think they're really significant, super likable. I love them both. And I do think that they are both deserving of more recognition than I gave them. The other one I'd say who I might want to boost up is Jan because I only gave Jan one. Um, others who I gave one to were Stanley, Kelly, Daryl, Toby, and Jim. And so I think if one of those receivers of one should have another, I think it should be Jan. You gave her the manhandling award. Yes. Uh, do you remember what that was for? For her handling of Dwight, as well as Michael on the day when that's the episode is the coup and Dwight tries to overthrow Michael and goes to Jan and is a challenge. And so I gave Jan the commuter award for that branch closing <laughs> episode where she's driving all around. I think it, that's a funny, uh, that's a funny award. Um, that's a funny award. I gave her the self-destructive tendencies award also when she basically proposes dating uh, Michael. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, you know, she did okay for me. She, she had yeah. some funny moments. I'm very excited to talk about where she goes in season four. I'm looking forward to that very much. Just based you, on where it left us. You picked her for your overall MVP for the season, right? I don't remember. I think so. I think so. See, I have the memory of a goldfish. Uh, I want to put forward a vote for my favorite Dundee from you. Well, I don't know if this is actually my favorite. There are a lot of them that I like, but let's just say the most surprising and contentious award, but one that I really enjoyed having you give out was the good student award to business student number one at business school <laughs> because I hated the business students. <laughs> and you really forced me to reconsider. Oh yeah. And then I gave the Van Helsing award to Dwight in that episode, right? Like that was a good episode, business school. And you it gave was. me the visiting professor award, which is a great, <laughs> great one. Um, front lines of uh, the fight against workplace sexual harassment. Michael got that award from you. That's amazing. Uh, I gave Jan a hidden transcript award. <laughs> yeah, um, remind me of what that one was for Jan. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think it was because of when she's like, okay, like, you need to ask for more and then I come back and then we meet in the middle. Like, cause she basically is like, come on idiot. Like this is how negotiation works. And so she's yes. revealing the secret transcript of how these things go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a great, a great Jan. Okay. I have a, so I have a question for you. Yes. Of the people who you gave the most awards to Michael and Pam, and this may take a moment of reflection and you can pick one from one of them or from both. But if you had to pick one of the awards you gave out to be the ultimate award for them. So like of all your Michael awards. Oh, I see. Okay. What would be the one? So let me let me read through them for you and then you can you can evaluate. 
So your Michael Awards, beginning from episode two, the Honesty Award, the Emotional Growth Award, the Orientation Award. Let's see. The Best Boss Award. Bold. Bold Award. That was for Phyllis's wedding. That was, oh my God. What a, what a cringy <laughs> episode. Oh. The Heart of Gold Ethics Award. And he also got a good sportsmanship honorable mention in the job, part mm-hmm. one. And he closed the season with the Good Boyfriend Award. <laughs> what do you think? What does he deserve the most? Or what do you think best captures the essence of Michael in this season? Or maybe just a thing you have appreciated most about him? I'm going to go with the, uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, yeah. The Heart of Gold Ethics Award. <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about how that product recall episode is is one of my faves. Um, but it's just peak Michael. And and he is he is on the one hand, like super narcissistic and also trying to be ethical. Um, <laughs> and I yeah, I don't know that episode and that and, and I and I do think that the argument to some degree of this season is that Michael yeah, it's like an, a kind of a, a guy with a heart of gold, even though he's an idiot and um, in many respects. And I felt like that, yeah, that maybe that encapsulates him yeah. because I definitely don't want to reward his him being a boyfriend to Jan. Mm-hmm. And the That's others, uh, I mean, best boss is a little much. The only, yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna own that. What about you? What's your uh, your number See, one with a bullet? I've got a long list narrowed down. So let me let me run through these and then maybe you can help me talk through them and eliminate some things. Okay, so the networking award that was in the convention episode, best emotional performance award, the Indiana Jones award, emotional vulnerability. What was the Indiana Jones award for? Remind me. I do not recall. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I think it was his bravery. I think it was related. It was Branch. Oh, yes. And this, I had based it on something that you had said. You came up with this Indiana Jones idea about the episode, and I decided to give Michael an award for it. Oh, yes, yes. He goes to David's house to try and stop the branch from closing, and I thought he was very brave and very heroic. Yeah. Um, Benny Hanna Christmas, the Emotional Vulnerability Award, Back from Vacation, the Jamaican Sun Prince Award, the Art of Self-Deprecation Award, the Man of Honor Award, which I one time considered giving to Dwight in a different episode, then I just gave it to Michael in the next episode, Best Wedding Attendee of All Time, the Visiting Professor Award, Frontlines of the Fight Against Workplace Sexual Harassment Award, Bold Choices in Fashion Award. You can guess what for. Emotional Journey Award. And that is all. Okay, let me let me lay out a little bit of my thinking on here. I can at least narrow it down to a top three. And then maybe you can help me from there. One of the ones I really want to consider is the Visiting Professor Award. Because Michael took so much pride in being a quote professor um, and visiting uh, visiting Ryan's college. And so I just really enjoyed that. And I feel like that would be a meaningful one to him. The 
best wedding attendee of all time award. I just think he's hilarious in Phyllis's wedding. And especially when he goes up and stands with the groomsmen. And I think it's just very, very funny, very memorable. And that's one that I also love because I saw a father of a groom do the same thing and just add himself to the line of groomsmen. Right. And so it was a pleasure to see that play out in real life. So that's another one that is a contender for me. And then front lines on the, of the fight against workplace sexual harassment. Uh, that was in cocktails. And when he is being really pushed by Jan and um, he's brave and he says something about it and he resists and he tells her no, but it doesn't work. Um, but I felt like he was really showing this other side to workplace sexual harassment. And on the one hand, the award sounds kind of funny, but I actually think it's seriously interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the places where he's especially fascinating to me. So I have one where I'm like, I feel like it's a genuine honor to him visiting professor. There's this about sexual harassment where I feel like it's sort of most fascinating to think about. And then there's the best wedding attendee, which is just delight for me personally. Mm. So what do you think? What's the best logic of giving a Dundee for my Dundee? I was most persuaded by your argument about the sexual harassment award. And I do think that your analysis of the season and especially some of those threads were just so compelling. So I think I would tip in that direction. I think the wedding one, uh, it's just nostalgia for you. That, that That's that's what's pushing you in that direction. And we have to objectively agree. Michael was an awful wedding guest. So, uh, and then well, on the other hand, I am intrigued by visiting professor because I also think that we see Michael's, mentorship and his interest in pedagogy throughout this season a little bit yeah yeah that's right <laughs> um, so i would narrow it to those two and then okay let you i think there. i think that's good and since i began with 12 i am gonna keep it at two <laughs> <laughs> so you can narrow it to one <laughs> um i'm trying to think what else is interesting here if anything else uh i don't know Let's see. I guess the one. Um, oh, I gave Phyllis two, and you gave her nothing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I I stand by giving none to Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis got one alongside Karen. I I'm with that. Um, and I can't. Oh, she was great in that episode. What else did I give her one for? Community in the branch closing. Um, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the one where it's like? Will we see each other or something like that? I don't know. Uh can't remember what it is that or she's trying to make I don't know what why I gave it that to her. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh I have yeah. I do have one other item, I guess one other kind of runoff that I wanted to do. And that was among the side characters. So if you you are notorious for giving is two smaller characters though some of these are were really core to the season and some were less so but i wanted to do a runoff for both of us because i don't think i give enough i did not give enough awards to the people in this group so i'm going to give you the list of five of your semi side characters who you gave awards to and i want us to pick each who we think is the number one winner out of that crowd 
And if you if you want to include a runner-up, you certainly can. So our characters are Carol, David Wallace, Rachel, Elizabeth, and business student number one. Rachel. So wait, you're asking me what again? Which one is the like? Yeah, if you've got a runoff among these smaller characters, yeah, Carol, David, Rachel, Elizabeth, and business student number one. Probably. Um, I don't know. I know this is not good audio because I. <laughs> they're all I'll just say so. They're all characters who you actually gave two to David. The other ones you gave one each. And they're all characters that I did not give any awards to. I mean, it's hard to make a case for business student number two, but these it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I hate that guy. So I want him out. Yeah. Let's just remove him immediately. Elizabeth. Rachel is David Wallace's wife. You said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear your runoff. I'm going to, I'm going to do this like brackets. Okay. So we've already eliminated we put business student number one up against anybody. He's out. He's gone. He's the, he's the clear worst in this. Let's put Rachel up against Elizabeth and hear who you would keep out of those two. And you told me who Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth is the uh, exotic dancer, right? Yeah. Uh, oof. Uh, <laughs> you told me who Elizabeth was. <laughs> she yeah. was your I forgot already. Uh, and here's something. It's good that it's good to reflect on her now because we're going to be seeing her again pretty soon. What? She's coming back? Okay. Coming back. Um, all right. On the one hand, Rachel, she is so patient with Michael and Dwight. Like <laughs> she is, she's so lovely. Patient and goes out of her way. Uh-huh. Of her way to kind of make them feel comfortable. On the other hand, my heart is with Elizabeth because she, you know, is kind of facing all kinds of humiliation from Dwight and uh michael and then has the ultimate humiliation of like not being able to do her job which is dance and then has to work at the office so i'm gonna give it to elizabeth uh it's a pity it's a pity vote but it's well earned I think. <laughs> a pity that, vote. that that moves her into a bracket with carol right and well carol. i guess here's here's the thing though but we didn't do the runoff yet between carol and david yeah. But All it's right. sort of the unfair thing about brackets, and I might not have followed because I guess you're supposed to pair like the worst with the best, right? Oh. So the top two. Um, I think Nick is gonna probably follow up with some feedback about how I'm wrong so. about the way that sports brackets work. But I think when you do it for like March Madness, I think you put the one who's ranked low with the one who's ranked high. Because otherwise, if you put the top two teams, then you immediately knock out like the second best. I see. You I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of. But I don't understand sports. And this seems like a sport thing. So um, the good news is we yeah. don't have to do it right. <laughs> oh, good. Um, well, I'll just say... Uh, it's to I want to give it to Carol, but it's hard to justify that because mm -hmm. David has more centrality yeah. to the season. He just packs up. He has he has more of an impact. That's mm -hmm. could be sexism. It could be just the nature of the the way they've structured this narrative around corporate. Mm -hmm. But I feel like uh, my I've got to be objective, and I feel that David bumps out Carol. Um, 
yeah. which means then it's a it's in it's between David and Elizabeth. <laughs> and I just can't I can't give it to David. I'm sorry. Elizabeth is the number one whatever it's called draft pick. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so painful. I'm going to we're going to get Corey writing in as well, I'm sure. I I love it that you have no sports, I think. I don't know. All the sports <laughs> People. A couple of my, my favorite things is when she gets out of the car and um, she says, I'm the dancer you requested. And Dwight says, oh, no, no, no. We were called for stripper. And she says, I'm the stripper. Um, and when she's getting out too, he texts, um, somebody texts and asks, is she hot? And Dwight says, text back, kind of. Oh, Dwight is just so... I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that she really does handle him with grace and she deals with a very uncomfortable and constantly changing situation too. So she goes in and it's not the job that she expects to do because first the uh, guy who's getting married just says no immediately. She starts dancing on Michael and then he freaks out about it and she ends up answering phones and you know, she just, she's very flexible. She rolls with the punches and I think she does, she does do a good job. I, um, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Carol. So, yeah. No, I do want to go. I do want to go back to Carol. And this might connect to my all roads lead to Michael approach to selecting things, but I don't know. There is a lot of really great stuff with the relationship with Michael. I mean, Carol at Diwali, Carol, when she comes and breaks up with him and the Christmas card. But the thing is, Carol actually is really there pretty heavily early on, but then less so later. So I think you're right in this case to go with David. I think he is. I think he is more central. In an extended way. Do you have any thoughts as we as we look through this on kind of what I don't know? Are we learning anything about the nature of character hmm. uh, as a as a like literary or you know narrative construct? And are we are we learning anything about the the I don't know the form of the office itself as a hmm particular um serial narrative i don't know does anything i feel like that question is tough in part because it's like okay the dundies are dictated by our idiosyncratic whims as well as whatever is presented to us in the episode so yeah you know i'm not saying it's an objective claim but yeah i'm just curious if you have any any broad reflections on what this teaches us if anything i don't think i have any coherent insights about it at this point. I do think that looking back at this maybe helps us to think about the relationship between central characters and side characters or more minor characters and what their role is, and maybe particularly what their role is in this kind of episodic narrative where there are, like there are threads and there are arcs and there are longer through lines, but at the same time, in a lot of ways, it's less about that and more about the day-to-day things that are funny. Yeah. 
So that's where somebody can pop up kind of out of nowhere and be like really funny and interesting. Um, like I think maybe my most random award is Martin because he's barely there, but you know, somebody can pop up and he's not really that important to the story or to the office or to Scranton or anything like that. But um, you know, he's, he's really a lot of fun, but then we also can miss people who are actually crucial to the narrative um, because of, I don't know, how did you describe it? Our idiosyncratic whims or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I think it's so, yeah. I'm always really interested in this relationship between minor and major characters, protagonists, mm -hmm. just how, you know, essentially you need the side characters to make the main characters pop. And, mm -hmm. but like, it's a delicate balance between like, what's too much of a side character and, yeah, I've always been like kind of fascinated to how I don't know, like I it, I feel like it's especially clear in reality television where you sort of quote unquote hate certain characters, but that mm -hmm. hate is built into the show. Like they want you to hate these people. So the show's mm -hmm. trying to distribute your affects across characters, um, yeah. even though it's part of a, a semi-coherent whole. So I think about that, you know, kind of it's like we, uh, the Dundee zeroes in on a particular character, but um, kind of the resonance of whatever it is that they've done or that's that's funny or that's meaningful is never fully constrained to just that character, right? It's usually like in the situation or sometimes even expands far beyond the show, like the, the Beats Battlestar Galactica joke. <laughs> you know has become its own viral meme i learned this season i was i was shocked mm -hmm. to discover this um and so like yeah that's because you know whatever um jim is funny in in making fun of dwight but um but it's not just jim right i don't mm -hmm. know yeah mm -hmm. i'm all, it's just kind of interesting to me like what is in these characters or, or what attaches to them um yeah that's making me realize that two that we have not mentioned neither of us gave these guys an award or Meredith and Creed. Yeah, you're right. And I, I made a case that Creed was funny a few times and you made the case that he's a, a scumbag. So. Yeah. I, the reason I actually thought of it is when you were saying that in TV in particular, you know, there, there are some characters who were sort of made to hate. And I was like, Oh, that would be Creed for me. Yeah. 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 Was Packer in this season? Because they're like Packer. When when did he come in? Oh, he's in the gate. He's in Gate Witch Hunt, isn't he? Does he also pop up at Benny Hanna Christmas or not? Yes, yes, he comes in at Christmas at some point. So there are times he pops in and out, and he is a very oh, in some Bachelor point, Party, the Bachelor Party. Oh um, yes, Benny or not Benny Hanna, Ben Franklin. Beginning of that, yeah, yeah. But does disappears though. Yeah, yeah, he just kind of appears and is in and out. And he's another character who who would be hateable, but there's no like there isn't really a villain. No. Here. I mean, like he's a jerk, but nobody is really like conniving and awful in an ongoing way. Yeah, I think that that's kind of interesting as a choice. Like there is no villain and the main obstacle this season has been the dwindling um prestige of the paper industry right <laughs> or something you know it's like shrinking profits and uh -huh. <laughs> regional sales uh 
that's the faceless villain. Um, mm -hmm. hmm. That's that. Yeah. That is really interesting. And I guess people kind of dip in and out of being hateable or sort yes. of hateable, right? Like Andy is just mostly incredible annoying, incredibly yeah. annoying, but also conniving to try to get his position. Right. Dwight yeah. turns on Michael and betrays him and tries to get the job. Angela plots with him and wants to overthrow Michael. Um, we have the parts where Pam is mean to Karen. What else? Um, there's Creed. There's always, there's Creed who actually gets Debbie Brown fired for the, um, watermark issue on the paper so people kind of pop in and out of roles of being a kind of kind of villainous yeah. even oscar actually when he and gil have that conversation about pam's art i guess roy is the only one maybe we haven't talked about roy either who's a more ongoing problem but there really aren't any fully bad characters in this there are people who pop into that at times and play that role in some ways. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah. there's no villain really, right? Except like you're saying the, <laughs> the dissolution of the paper company, maybe Staples. Yeah. Staples. <laughs> I mean, I think, I guess on the one hand, sitcoms tend not to have villains, huh. but they do have obstacles. And I think you're right. Like it, part of what the show does is like, it does give you conniving manipulative, like there are people with bad intentions sometimes, but they're so either the stakes of what they want is so stupid that, it, <laughs> that it's amusing um, or the means by which they go about achieving their goals is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch that in the next season. This idea you're developing about kind of the, the villain as this kind of structural role that people cycle in and out of. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then also maybe paying attention to kind of what big ops, what big kind of structural forces the show imagines as its antagonist. Because in this, yeah, in this season, it was all about the branch closing and then the, you know, um, ascendancy to corporate or something like that. And yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess on, I keep thinking too about kind of the American narrative of this, yeah. which on the one hand is kind of like, yeah, how do people make lives within the monotony of capitalism that doesn't care about you but also it's a show about um i don't know something about i don't know does it have a kind of cheery view that like most people are just kind of like even the worst people are just kind of quirky like like you could get wrapped up in how shitty angela is but if you do that then you're kind of missing the point of just how ridiculous she is or something like that you know uh -huh. so that it's maybe not that everybody has a heart of gold but more just like everybody is a little pathetic <laughs> or something <laughs> and in that way charming i'm not sure <laughs> that's my point everybody is a little pathetic <laughs> or maybe that's my own thesis uh and i begin with myself so no uh, i like that i think we can consider that as a as a thesis of the show potentially <laughs> you can circle back well do you have any hopes as we look forward into season four? 
Hopes. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, I'm hoping. Oh, I'm excited to see where the relationship between Michael and Jan goes. Mm-hmm. Very excited to to see that. Um, curious about the Jim. What happens to the the structure of the plot uh, once they start dating? You know, like, and how does that ripple into the show? Like, because so much of it was about the unrequited love between them, or whatever. So mm-hmm. how does that affect their how does that change the nature of the, the the B plot or whatever of every episode, but also how does that change everybody's relationship to them because they become if they become a couple rather than an individuals? Yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what happens to Andy. It feels like he's already run out his welcome. So <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Anything you're in particular excited for? I think one of the things that we have coming is some change in the aesthetic, like with people's clothes and with the hair. And I think sometimes you notice that season to season. So that's something that I want to look for is the appearance Mm. element of it. One of the other things I noticed just starting to look forward actually at the episode titles is that we have a bunch of episodes at the beginning that are two-parters. So there's fun run parts one and two. Mm. my all-time favorites dunder mifflin infinity launch party and money and those are all um in installments of two parts so that will be interesting the other thing is at the very end of season three we had ryan getting the corporate job so that's going to be something to deal with right right and we will see how ryan turns out i'm so excited for that um yeah, and when we get those two parters, are we gonna stick with our method of doing each part uh its own episode pod episode? I think we have no choice. I agree, we're locked in. <laughs> well, uh so let's cue it up. What's the first episode we'll, when we see everybody next time? What's the it's gonna be season four? It will four, be season one. four, episode one, fun run, part one. All right. And I think I love fun run so much that. I might, we might even have to slice it into like four episodes. Uh, just kidding. We'll do it in two, but there's, there's a lot to look forward to. I think. I'm so ready. Well, as always, it's been a delight to do this with you, Megan. Thanks for the the gathering all this data and, and uh, refreshing all our brains, my brain in particular. And uh, it has been a delight and congratulations on getting all the way through season three. Same to you. All right. Well, we'll see you all uh, very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.